Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about venture capital, where investors and founders alike can learn how VCs make decisions and reach conviction. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back to The Full Ratchet. On today's special segment of Investor Stories, the investors address trends, sectors, and markets that they think are positioned for outsized returns in the future. This is the segment called What's Next. On today's special segment, we have Alex Osterwalder, the creator of the Business Model Canvas and founder of Strategizer. Alex, can you talk about sectors or trends that you're excited about or bullish on? So I'm most bullish, yeah, I'm most bullish about companies that transcend industry boundaries. And what I mean with that is if you looked at the top companies in the US today, take, take Amazon. Could you say in which sector they're in? They're in e-commerce. Okay. But they are also in the cloud business because they're so good in e-commerce. They have a very efficient cloud now in infrastructure. So they transcend industry boundaries. So what I like to look at is companies that have two characteristics. They transcend industry boundaries and in their DNA is constant reinvention. When I see those two aspects in an established company, I know they're investment worthy. So now we're not talking startups, we're talking established companies. But when they grow out of an industry sector, they're transcending industry boundaries, and they have in their DNA the ability to constantly reinvent, still very rare. Amazon is one. My other favorite example is Ping An out of China. When you see that, you know this is an investment worthy company. And then, you know, very high multiples are justified. So Ping An is one that I would suggest everybody should look up because they moved from a banking and insurance conglomerate to becoming a leading tech player is now one of the top 30 companies of the world. Love it. Maybe we can have you back on the show in a couple of years and talk about your hedge fund strategy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. On today's special segment, we have Mark Suster of Upfront. Mark, can you talk about sectors or trends that you're bullish on? Sure. I remain very bullish on sustainability. You know, world population right now, we're at whatever, we're at 7.3 billion or maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, but approximately. And most models predict that the world will start to flatten Uh, as we get to somewhere around 9 or 10 billion. And most models basically said that the world can support about 11 billion people sustainably. The problem, as Jared Diamond told me, Jared Diamond, the author of Guns, Germs, and Steel, and a book that everyone must read called Collapse. And what he basically said is all the models were built on China and Brazil. 
being at the same and India being at the same economic standard they are today. And what he basically said is if you take those three countries and you move them up to Western standards of consumption, it's the equivalent of the world population being 50 to 60 billion people in terms of sustainability. And what he basically said is the only way you're going to change it fundamentally is to change consumption, to change people's behavior. So in this world that we're entering, we've got to think about how do we feed the world's population and how do we provide the resources they need? So unless you're going to create sustainability of agriculture, unless you're going to create sustainability of proteins, unless you're going to create alternative sources of food, so plant-based diets, you don't have a sustainable planet. And unless you're going to find ways to reduce carbon from the atmosphere and reduce greenhouse gases, you don't have a sustainable planet. So I think technology can go a long way towards solving these problems and society itself has to change its consumption pattern. On this special segment, we have Melody Co of NextView Ventures. Melody, can you talk about sectors or trends that you're bullish on? Yeah. You know, one thing that I think a lot about, you know, I broadly define it as data democratization. You know, I, I did not come from a technical background. I kind of learned all the technical stuff on the job as soon as I became a product person, but I studied finance accounting undergrad. There are a lot, increasingly organizations are trying to be or want to be more data driven when it comes to decision making. As a result, you've seen kind of the waves of, data visualization, BI tools like Looker and Tableau. However, they don't really solve the problem of non-technical users needing access to data. They're still all bottlenecked by an engineer writing a SQL query, or you know, if you're a larger organization, a data science team or analytics team, you submit a queue to the queue and they get to it. Two weeks later, you get your CSV poll of stuff. So... I think that there could be other interesting innovations that enables, whether it's like enables non-technical users to access data in a way that is very straightforward without them needing to learn SQL, which I actually think is still a significant barrier. SQL is not that hard. I learned it, watched like a three-hour online course, and that was kind of the minimum requirement to do my job as a PM early on because I wanted to access my data right away. I don't want to wait two weeks to get my data requests fulfilled. But I think your average finance analyst at a non-technology company is not going to learn SQL. You know, even if you have basic SQL knowledge, the gap is still pretty wide in terms of the stuff that you can do to really answer the questions you have. So I think there potentially be a lot of opportunities there. So that's one potential direction. The other potential direction is that Machine learning becomes really good that instead of human asking the right data questions, it's just machines observing the right data insights and pump it back to human. That's probably further out because that's kind of a harder technical challenge. But I think there's, I can see like, you know, in fact, I know some companies working on this, like, hey, that we're just automatically generating top line revenue related metrics. And we're just going to cohort and slice and dice in 15 different ways. And you pick which one you want but you don't have to actually do the size and dicing yourself. But I do think that there's going to be force within the organization to push for broader access to, and broader and faster and easier access to data so people can make better decisions. Business decisions are critical.
At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Farouk Abbasi of Preface Ventures. Farouk, can you talk about sectors or trends that you're bullish on? Yeah, happily. And like this is this is sort of a call to the world. And so if 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 there are folks working on these types of problems, I'd be very, very happy to have a conversation and, and see where it goes. Uh, so um, identity and access management. I mean, those are the first uh, first investments out of Preface 2. Um, it's just important all the time. Um, and what is user identity and, and productizing the VP of identity? That role is not like a good role to have. And I don't want your children, Nick, to... <laughs> you have kids, right? If I remember yeah. correctly? Yeah. yeah I don't want, a I don't, toddler. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't want, you know, when toddler grows up to be a VP of identity, it's a thankless job. Um, <laughs> but that, that, that's important. I mean, it's, it's, it's important uh, when I think about identity and digital identity, whether you're, um, whether you're in an enterprise, uh, whether you're in an enterprise or you're getting a background check, et cetera, it's a sector that I'm, I'm incredibly bullish on. And so um, kudos to Strata, which I have Strata to IO, um, Eric Golden, who's the CEO, who I've backed and has had and having some good early success and certain as well. Um, those are existing portfolio companies, but for future, I still think we need to solve data governance. All right. So, so if you think today, most enterprises do ML predictions on a batch basis. So if you're like seven 11, you'll run a job at 11 59 PM and, and say like, okay, there's going to be 50,000 Windex bottles and we need some in this zip code, some in this zip code, et cetera. But now we're going to a world of more like real-time use cases where you need to sort of take data streams and data pipelines and make predictions in real time. Is it a lending decision? Is it a pricing decision? Um, and the problem is, though, is that like data quality is pretty bad. And there's a lot of data quality companies um, and ETL-focused companies, but it all starts with governance and like who touches data, when does it move, um, who impacted it. And I even think there are cybersecurity implications for this, right? Thinking about Think about you know an autonomous vehicle and like uh, like and ensuring that you know which um, like who's touched data when it's been when it's been exported when there's been a read or write to a database. I mean that still that still needs to be solved. Um, second, and I won't I won't I probably <laughs> this could be a very long list, but I'll just give you two. So that's one. Um, second one is uh, third party cyber risk. Um, now everyone integrates and uses APIs and third-party solutions, but really most CTOs or CSOs don't, don't really understand their cyber risk exposure, but maybe, maybe, and even if they do, 
how hard is it to communicate it in a normalized aggregate way to their board members or to the other people of the team, or maybe during an M&A process. Um, so like the, the solution or the common solution today is you basically use like super powered surveys and these surveys actually inform cyber, cyber insurance and cyber insurance pricing, um, which is so basic and we're just scratching the surface there. So um, pushing that out to the world, if anyone's working on third party cyber risk and normalization, I, I want to align I want to align with the best team to help solve this problem because it's really important. Uh, and like, we have to, because uh, if we don't do this now, um, things can get bad. That will conclude this installment of investor stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.